You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The cheerleaders at a gym in Buffalo have been recording themselves. What's up? To make a new documentary. We're the so-called news reporters. Because one year ago, a mass shooting changed their lives. He just walked around and shot all the black people. The cheer squad, most of whom are black, had to figure out how to go on and how to compete. I wanted the win for them more than anything this season. Listen to the Embedded podcast from NPR within the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. It's Las Vegas, it's the 1990s, and it is time to find a husband. There were four Jewish doctors who were felt to be eligible bachelors. One of them was Bob Berenbaum. On paper, he was perfect, but in reality... This guy's a wacko. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From iHeart Podcasts and Nomadic Engine, the acclaimed dramatic thriller returns. Aftershock, season two. He's like a ghost. We had an agreement to keep each other's secrets. None of you are making decisions to keep the rest of us safe, which leaves me. I'm asking for your forgiveness. Aftershock, season two. Starring Sarah Wayne Callies, David Harbour, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Listen to Aftershock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Sridhar. And I'm Aarti. We have spent the last 20 years building and working at some of the largest companies in the world. We worked with some remarkable people. Rob McElhinney. When I see the people of Wrexham, I grew up exactly like them. Check out the Aarti and Sriram show. That is... 
This is the Piketon Massacre, Return to Pike County, Season 4, Episode 12, Closing In on the Wagners. I'm Courtney Armstrong, a television producer at KT Studios with Stephanie Lidecker and Jeff Shane. It's the middle of George Wagner IV's trial. It's important to note that George Wagner IV, along with his father, Billy Wagner, whose trial is upcoming, deny any wrongdoing and have pleaded not guilty to all charges. So far, there's been hours of testimony by investigators and relatives that have painted a very real portrait of what the crime scenes look like. But while prosecutors have laid out the grisly details of the murders, they have yet to connect George Wagner IV to the killings. We're the state side of the case. Is the state ready to call another witness? Uh, yes, Your Honor, we are. Special Prosecutor Angie Canepa calls Special Agent John Jenkins of the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigations, more commonly known as the BCI. Jenkins sports a trimmed goatee and looks every bit the veteran investigator he is. In 2016, just four months after the brutal murders, Jenkins interviewed the Wagner family's father, Billy. You can find Billy Wagner's raw audio of his conversation with special agents on our Apple Plus True Crime subscription page. A link to that page is included in this episode's description. Today, attention turned to a police interview with the defendant's father, Billy Wagner. He was best friends with one of the victims, Chris Roden. And in his interview, he provides some insights that could not only help the prosecution, but could also be useful for the defense. BCI agents had spent months trying to speak to Billy Wagner. Jenkins testified that Wagner seemed to be avoiding them. We want to talk to him because of the fact of his relationship uh, with and Hannah, but also we had started to, at this time, get tips and leads that there might have been some issues with some custody um, reference. And that task became difficult due to the fact that when we stopped by the house, Billy wasn't always there. In September of 2016, BCI agents finally tracked down Billy Wagner outside a grocery store. And was this interview with Billy Wagner um, recorded? Yes, it was audio uh, recorded. At this time, Your Honor, I would like to play that recording for the jury. I just want to talk with you about the, the road murders, okay? Uh-huh. And so, um, you know, we've been uh, out talking with people, you know, all kinds of, you know, tips get called in our office and all that. And, and so uh, your name has come up and, you know, and, and tips and things like that. So we just want to talk. Uh, that's fine. Whatever you want to know. Just be honest with us. I'll tell you whatever I can do to help okay. you out. As the audio recordings began, Jenkins, wearing a blue blazer and white shirt, lowered his head and sat listening to the conversation. Billy Wagner was first asked about his relationship with Chris Roden Sr. Wagner insisted he and victim Chris Roden were very close. You know, Chris was my best friend. Uh-huh. All right. Me and him, you know, 
we we run around all the time. But one thing about Chris, Chris don't tell he didn't tell nobody nothing. He mm -hmm. kept his business to himself. And I'm gonna tell you straight up, I don't care what he done. He was my friend. He okay. he done everything for me. Okay. You know, and Chris grew up hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, scrounged for everything he had, worked his ass off, and he worked every day. Mm -hmm. You know, it shit they're making him out like some damn big gangster's bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, okay. And that's why we want to talk with the you. The other thing, you know, he wasn't no saint. Absolutely. Okay, but Chris never hurt nobody. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you whatever I can do to help okay. you out. And we're not concerned about anything other than the murder. So you know, okay. we've, we've talked with different people. Different people have different involvement. You know, you know, you've you've read the paper. Uh, you know, you've seen the news. I'm know. not worried about all that. I'll tell you whatever you need to know. Okay, I'm just saying. You know, there was grows there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something though, right off the bat. Okay. You didn't know, Chris. Okay. Right. Most of the shit they're talking about was a bunch of bullshit lies. Okay. I mean, Chris, he'd give you the shirt off his back. Well, we've heard that. You know, he's he, you know, he was absolutely, you know, there wasn't nobody else like him. Oh, Chris, like I said, he's my best friend. Wagner also said he and Chris Roden had spoken the night he was killed. Last time I talked to him, and he seemed all right, was uh, the night before all happened and I said hey man I'll talk to you tomorrow and then next morning you know all hell broke loose. BCI agents asked Wagner who he thought committed the murders. Billy Wagner floated the possibility that Chris Roden Sr. might have owed money to drug dealers. There ain't a bunch of hillbillies do something like that and when you know sorry right. it never convinced me. Right. You know that's like some SEAL Team 6 Okay, but you're bottom feeding sons of bitches. Right. And, well, you, and you know they're bottom feeders. Yeah, right. I mean, every damn one of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're on that freaking shit, and I mean, they killed her damn grandma for five dollars. Right. And you know, I told Chris, you know, not to fuck, you know, shouldn't fuck around with that shit. But you know, because it, it just, and it, and it ain't so much, you know, who cares, you know, what happens to the dumbass that's doing it, but you know, it's the shit that they do. Investigators again pressed Billy Wagner about his relationship with victim Chris Roden Sr., specifically if they'd gotten into a fight a few weeks prior to the murders. We had heard uh, someone had called and said, and then, listen, I'm not trying to... I don't, care, we, I don't care what you heard or you just laid on me. Okay, uh, is that you and Chris actually got into a fight about a week or two prior to the murders? No. And said that you'd pulled a gun on him? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Okay. Well, no, it's just saying that you, you got into an argument with him, no. and then you sort of, then you, you pulled a gun on him, no. and you settled the argument. Yeah, let me tell you something about Chris. Throughout the nearly two-hour conversation, Wagner tried repeatedly to shift the investigator's attention away from himself and his family. You're looking in the wrong damn direction. Mm -hmm. You need to be going the other way. At one point, Billy Wagner even mentioned he'd heard Hannah Roden was seeing a sheriff and said someone had seen a sheriff's car parked on Union Hill Road. Somebody said that uh, she was seeing a deputy sheriff up here in Waverly. Mm -hmm. I don't know who he is. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I heard that there was a sheriff sitting at the end of Union Hill all night. So I don't know if that's, mm -hmm. I don't know, but that's just what I heard. Later, when agents mentioned the marijuana growing on Chris Roden's property, Billy Wagner denied any involvement in the drug business. Now, other people have told us that they thought that you and and Chris were business partners. No. Okay. Now, if Chris, you know, 
No, I'm not going to bullshit you. Chris, I don't care what Chris asked me to do. Mm-hmm. You know, if he asked me to do something, I, I'd do it for him because he'd do anything for me. Right. You know, he, you just, you just don't, there's no way you can understand that. Right? No, I understand. If you know, but he, he, well, me and Chris was, you know, like I said, we daylight and dark, mm-hmm. all right? But we, we, you know, pretty much, you know, if he wanted to go do something, we go. If I wanted to go do something, he'd go with me, you know, it didn't matter. So, but, but so you never hauled any weed for no, him? No, no. I hauled a lot of cars for him. I hauled a lot of cars? Mm-hmm. Like, would you haul them around? I'd go down Greer, down there to Co-Parts and get them for him and bring them up. Investigators returned to rumors of illegal drugs and a possible drug deal that Chris Roden Sr. was potentially involved with, and who Billy Wagner alleged might have had a reason to kill Chris Roden Sr. It's important to note that George Wagner's allegations against Skid Montgomery are not substantiated. Here's Special Prosecutor Angie Canepa picking up her questioning of Agent Jenkins. There's talk in during that conversation um, between you and Mr. Wagner, and he keeps referring to a person named Latham. Yes, that's correct. And can you tell us who Latham is? Sure. So um, during that during that interview, Mr. Wagner, uh, as you heard, uh, would keep referring to an individual named Latham. Latham, and basically, who he was referring to is an individual named Skid Montgomery. Um, Skid Montgomery lives in around the Latham area, owns a lot of property in the, in the Pike County area, and we'd learned through the investigation that there was always rumor that Skid Montgomery was a, a big, large-scale marijuana dealer and that he would put hits out on people. And uh, Special Agent Jenkins, obviously Billy talked to you about an alleged um, business deal where Chris was expected to get a large a large chunk of um, marijuana and indicated that it would represent a lot of money and that would put people out of business, correct? That's correct. Okay. And specifically indicated that he felt that that would be upsetting to Latham slash Skid Montgomery. That's correct, yes. Here's Stephanie and Jeff. It's very compelling to hear the voice of accused father, Billy Wagner, hearing this interview that has been spoken about so often was fascinating. Some people say that he was rambling in this interview and trying to lead investigators in a different direction and, and throw some tidbits at them to get them off his track. But frankly, in listening to it, I thought he felt pretty calm and cooperative. He was just being stopped outside of a grocery store and cut to he's in a two-hour interview. Well, Steph, based on what we've heard about the Wagner's movements after the murders, I think it stands to reason that they probably were anticipating talking to law enforcement at some point and probably had a bit of a script or a plan for when that did happen. I mean, because Billy very quickly was throwing out, you know, unsubstantiated rumors about 19-year-old victim Hannah May or pointing away from himself towards the girl operation and even bringing up Skid Montgomery like he already had a, a litany of things that he was going to kind of try to throw at the police to get the scent off of him and his family. Interesting that you should say that because yes, you're right. On the one hand, he's saying that Chris Sr. was his very best friend and he would do anything for him and that Chris would do anything for him. 
And to your point, on the other hand, he's essentially throwing him under the bus by pointing to the GROW operation and denying that there was ever a big fight between them regarding custody and kind of bringing him again back to Skid Montgomery. Even just hearing the name Latham, AKA Skid Montgomery, and it legitimately makes the hairs in the back of my neck stand up because we've been given this name so many times, both from listeners and people in and around the area. And again, Skid Montgomery is a very prominent landowner in Pike County. And now here's Billy basically accusing him. Is this just Billy getting him off his tracks? Or is it possible that there is some truth to that? I have to assume that we're going to hear from Skid Montgomery at some point and that he'll be a witness. I also thought it was interesting that Billy says there was a sheriff at the bottom of the road that whole night that he had heard rumors of that. Is he referring to Sheriff Reader? And if so, I also have to assume that Sheriff Reader at some point will testify at this trial because his name comes up all the time. And as we know, he's currently serving time for unrelated charges for taking drug money illegally and using it for gambling. Again, completely unrelated. Nobody has associated him with these murders. But again, these names keep coming up. Well, Steph, this is certainly an interesting preview of the trial to come. As we know, Billy Wagner has pled not guilty and is awaiting trial. And so this is maybe just a little bit of a a sneak peek at his upcoming legal proceedings. Also, even just him saying that me and Chris were best friends and that we were like daylight and dark. I thought that was such a curious statement. Which one does he see himself as? Despite efforts to shift the focus away from himself and his family, investigators walked away from their conversation with Billy Wagner with more questions than answers. Here's legal analyst Mike Allen. He didn't help himself. Listening to it, I really don't know what he was trying to do. I mean, obviously he was trying to shift the focus away from him and his family. I don't I don't think he was very successful with it. That happens all the time. The, these people, some of them, they deceive themselves into thinking that, you know, they're the smartest criminal in the world. And, you know, they'll say, well, if I if I say this to the police or if I say something else to the police, they, that'll throw them off the trail. Doesn't happen. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. Back in the 1990s in Las Vegas, a few of us dated the most eligible bachelor in town, Bob. He spoke several languages. He did medical missionary work, and he was Jewish. He was perfect on paper. But he wasn't. He really wasn't. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. Bob could lie about anything. It only takes the one time and somebody ends up dead. Unfortunately for Bob, us girlfriends know how to fight back. I wanted him to pay for his crime. He needed to be put to justice. I'll be honest with you, if I saw him right now, I'd spit on him. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. I will always hound you and haunt you. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello. Malcolm Gladwell here, host of Revisionist History, a show about the overlooked and the misunderstood. Stories you won't hear anywhere else. Like our ongoing obsessive campaign to blow up the world's most bogus college ranking system. Why not just throw in a few extra zeros? <laughs> or witness me after years of fancy public speaking, learning that I kind of have to start over. The tone that you had throughout the debate was very similar to some of the students that I do work with. Um, and that's what I teach them not to do. We're making more revisionist history for you this year than ever from places all across this great country. Emergency rooms, huge theaters, small towns, and shooting ranges. And you want to put your thumb up like this. Now you're going to pull the trigger with this finger mm -hmm. here, okay? Listen to Revisionist History on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From iHeart Podcasts. What in the hell is going on in here? Everyone has their limits. I'd never confronted a situation like this. I just thought it was just a really terrible, immoral thing. A line they won't cross. I was stunned, and I just said, no. We're killing people. You may never have to face that decision. When you find yourself at that line. Thoughts racing, hearts racing. And somebody needs to just, for once, give everybody the whole truth. I'm like, this is evil. And the only person who can sound the alarm is you. I wasn't just going to sit silently by. From iHeart Podcasts, these are the whistleblowers. If you are disloyal. Bad things are going to happen to you. speak out. Disgrace to our country. Evil pay. He should be prosecuted. When power corrupts, conscience is the last line of defense. I'm Miles Taylor. Listen to The Whistleblowers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name's Laverne Cox. I'm an actress, producer, fashionista, and host of The Laverne Cox Show. You may remember my award-winning first season. I've been pretty busy, but there's always time to talk to incredible guests about important things. People like me have been screaming for years, we got to watch the Supreme Court. What they're doing is wrong. What they're doing is evil. They will take things away. And I can only hope that Dobbs is that, like, Pearl Harbor moment. Girl, you and I both know what it took to just get through the day in New York City and get home in one piece. And so the fact that we're here and what you've achieved and what I've achieved, you know, that's momentous. It's not just us sitting around complaining about some bills. The only reason that you might think, as Chase said, that we're always miserable is because people are constantly attacking us and we're constantly noticing it. Listen to The Laverne Cox Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share. The investigative trail was beginning to point directly to the Wagner family, though not necessarily to defendant George Wagner. Here's longtime investigative reporter James Pilcher in Cincinnati, now with Local 12. When are they going to point to George being part of this conspiracy? Because none of the physical evidence that they presented early on had any of the Wagners to any of these crime scenes. Outside the courtroom, questions were being asked about the prosecution's ability to link George Wagner to the murders. That, to me, is the major issue here, right? We've been going for days in this trial, lots of evidence, lots of witnesses. But honestly, we have yet to hear any connection of George IV to these crimes. 
Following Special Agent John Jenkins' testimony, the defense requested for the third time in the trial there should be a mistrial. The defense argued the tapes of Special Agent Jenkins' interview with Billy Wagner should never have been played before the jury. The defense argued the tapes had nothing to do with George Wagner and that the interview did not establish any proof of a conspiracy to commit aggravated murder. Special Prosecutor Angie Canepa said that wasn't why the state played the interview with Billy Wagner at his son George's trial. Instead, she wanted the jury to see how BCI investigators ended up focusing on the Wagner family. Of course, it's overruled the motions previously made on the record uh, for mistrial and to exclude the tape or to strike the tape. Uh, is defense counsel and the state ready to bring the jury up? Judge Deering ruled against the motion for a mistrial, and the prosecution called for the second time BCI analyst Julia Eveslage. The agent has long brown hair and is wearing a maroon red jacket. Eveslage is sworn in and questioned by Special Prosecutor Angie Canepa. Good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. Um, if you want to go ahead and state your name again, just for the record. Julia Eveslage. Okay. And you previously testified in this case, correct? That's correct. And we've already discussed with you um, your current role at the Bureau of Criminal Investigations and um, your work in this case specifically in analyzing records and other things that came, um, that were um, obtained pursuant to both subpoenas and search warrants, correct? Yes. Okay. And can you tell us when you go through records and such, is that information that you then share with the investigative team? Yes. Okay. And in your experience, does that then inform their investigation in people that they are ruling in or ruling out? Yes. Okay. And can you tell us, Ms. Eveslage, in this case, um, did you guys obtain Facebook records of the victims? Yes. One of our cyber crimes agents um, obtained a search warrant for all of the Facebook uh, accounts of the victims and we reviewed those once the responses came in from Facebook. On the screen above Eveslage, prosecutors pull up a spreadsheet of messages taken from Hannah Roden's Facebook account. Each entry is labeled with the time and date of the exchange. During that review of those um, Facebook records, did you find information in the Facebook account belonging to Hannah May Roden? Yes. And can you tell us why were they noteworthy to you? When we first started looking at Hannah's Facebook, uh, we found some statements in there and some of her messages that seemed to be in direct conflict with things that we had heard um, in interviews, particularly with Jake Wagner's interview. Um, and we noted um, just different, different statements about um, abuse in the relationship, um, issues with um, the Wagners being controlling, things like that, um, and then just her kind of sense of discomfort with the situation with the custody of okay. and fears that they were trying to take from her. Here again, Stephanie and Jeff. Last episode, we heard, among others, Tabitha Clayton, George Wagner's ex-wife's testimony and her correspondence between Hannah Mae Roden and herself before she was murdered. Well, yeah, what's interesting about this is the messages between Hannah Mae and Tabitha, George's ex-wife, talk about the fears of losing custody and the Wagner family making the young woman sign documents that they don't want to be signed, kind of basically being coerced into signing. 
Attempted guardianship fraud was uncovered in the Pike County murder trial. Take a closer look at your screen here. I want to show you something that's on that document. At the bottom of it, you can see a URL to a website, and there's a date on the paper. It shows someone ripped this document off a Texas government website in April of 2016. The same month, someone murdered Hannah May and seven of her family members. Investigators say they found that in the Wagner's belongings. While the Wagners told investigators there were no issues over custody of Jake and Hannah's daughter, analyst Julia Eveslage pointed to additional Facebook messages that showed Hannah was scared of the Wagners' attempts to win custody of her daughter. One Facebook message stood out. It's the often spoken about conversation from December of 2015 that was between Hannah Mae Roden and George Wagner IV's ex-mother-in-law. It's where Hannah Mae swears she will never sign papers to give up custody of her daughter. As for those Facebook messages to Hannah Wagner, one of those exchanges between Tabitha and Hannah Roden actually took place on the very day that Hannah Roden was killed. Billy Wagner's interview and the Facebook messages showing the brewing custody battle between Hannah and Jake convinced investigators in late 2016 they needed to shift their focus to the Wagner family. You need to investigate that. That's important. That's a lead. That's, that's something that needs to be ran down. Special Agent Ryan Scheiderer of the BCI led the two-year investigation into the brutal killings. Scheiderer testified that he visited the Wagners' home on Peterson Road in May of 2017, just before the Wagners were set to move to Alaska. Here's Angie Kanepa speaking with Agent Scheiderer, who is on the stand. When you arrived, um, you said Jake and Angela and George were outside packing belongings in a trailer. Did all three of those individuals remain outside? No, they did not. George excused himself and went inside. And Jake and Angela remained outside? Yes. Okay. And during that time, um, did you observe anything in the driveway that was of interest to you? Yes. While speaking with Angela and Jake, they were uh, willing to you know, speak with us. They didn't ask us to leave. Um, I just casually observed there was numerous fired cartridge casings lying about the driveway all over the place. I, there was hundreds if not thousands of cartridges laying around, okay. casings. And can you tell us, um, Special Agent Scheider, did you, were you able to pick those items up and examine them closely? No. Okay. And were you able to tell from your vantage point, not bending over and picking them up or examining them closely, um, did any of them appear to be of interest? Yes. So the crime scenes, we were aware that there was a 40 caliber used. A 40 caliber uh, cartridge casing was found at one of the crime scenes. You guys heard about that. Um, we also knew that there was potentially a 30 caliber rifle that was used and 22 long rifle. What I observed that day, I saw cartridge casings that appeared to be from a rifle. They weren't like a 22 caliber rifle, so they weren't 22 rim fires, but they definitely weren't like 223s or 556s. I just couldn't tell what caliber they were. And then I also saw cartridge cases that were, or casings that were consistent with pistol calibers. Specifically to me, it looked like they were nine millimeter or 40 caliber. I couldn't tell from my vantage point. Obviously I'm standing up and I did not examine them. And can you tell us, um, was there also a conversation with Jake regarding various punishments for this kind of a crime? Yes. One of, the, one of the things that I like to do when I'm talking to somebody that I suspect is involved in a crime I'm investigating 
is oftentimes I will ask that person, what do you think the appropriate punishment is for somebody that's you know, accused of, of this crime to, to elicit their response? So I did ask him that. Okay, and what was his response? It depended on whether or not they were a trigger person. Following the visit, investigators got a warrant to search the Wagner property and their cell phones. Among the many communications they found were text messages between George Wagner and his father, Billy. One message was sent while BCI investigators were at the Wagner's home. Can you tell us if you saw anything of interest on Billy's phone? There was interesting text messages from George. Message number four is an inbox, which means it's a message to Billy, and it is from George, his son, and it says, don't come down till I text you, got company. Here's Stephanie. None of this ties George Wagner to the crimes. I also thought it was interesting that when police arrived to their home and George went inside and they later took Billy's phone and he had texted to George to stay inside. Was he protecting him from police? Was Jake protecting his brother when he said what should happen to the people who committed this crime? And he said, depends on who the trigger puller was. But again, a strange answer retrospectively, since he's now taken a plea agreement saying that he was in fact a trigger puller. Is that a way of protecting George? Because so far, compelling as all of this is, none of it really does tie George to the crime. But Jake Wagner's phone included far more incriminating evidence. Once again, the messages were displayed on a large TV screen above the witness box. Did you also look at Jake's phone and did you find anything of interest on that phone? Yes. And can you tell us what you found? One of the most interesting things that we found on Jake's phone at that time was under the notes section, and it was a list of guns owned by the Wagners or purported to be. uh, So basically there's a list with each Wagner's name and then a list of guns underneath each of those names. Jurors in Wagner's murder trial learned his brother Jake kept a list of guns that investigators think both men, along with their parents, Billy and Angela, owned. On that list, an SKX 7.62x39 and a Colt 1911-22 pistol. The search of the Wagner property also produced valuable evidence linking the Wagner's weapons to the murders. This included hundreds of shell casings from the Wagner family farm. BCI firearms expert Matthew White delivered what could turn out to be damning testimony in the state of Ohio's case against George Wagner today. Let's stop here for another break. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. Back in the 1990s in Las Vegas, a few of us dated the most eligible bachelor in town, Bob. He spoke several languages. He did medical missionary work, and he was Jewish. He was perfect on paper. But he wasn't. He really wasn't. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. Bob could lie about anything. It only takes the one time, and somebody ends up dead. Unfortunately for Bob, us girlfriends know how to fight back. I wanted him to pay for his crime. He needed to be put to justice. I'll be honest with you, if I saw him right now, I'd spit on him. 
I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. I will always hound you and haunt you. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello. Malcolm Gladwell here, host of Revisionist History, a show about the overlooked and the misunderstood. Stories you won't hear anywhere else. Like our ongoing obsessive campaign to blow up the world's most bogus college ranking system. Why not just throw in a few extra zeros? <laughs> or witness me after years of fancy public speaking, learning that I kind of have to start over. The tone that you had throughout the debate was very similar to some of the students that I do work with. Um, and that's what I teach them not to do. We're making more revisionist history for you this year than ever from places all across this great country. Emergency rooms, huge theaters, small towns, and shooting ranges. And you want to put your thumb up like this. Now you're going to pull the trigger with this finger here, okay? Listen to Revisionist History on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From iHeart Podcasts. What in the hell is going on in here? Everyone has their limits. I'd never confronted a situation like this. I just thought it was just a really terrible, immoral thing. A line they won't cross. I was stunned, and I just said, no. We're killing people. You may never have to face that decision when you find yourself at that line. Thoughts racing, hearts racing. And somebody needs to just, for once, give everybody the whole truth. I'm like, this is evil. And the only person who can sound the alarm is you. I wasn't just going to sit silently by. From iHeart Podcasts, these are the whistleblowers. If you are disloyal, bad things are going to happen. If you speak out, disgrace to our country, you will pay. He should be prosecuted. When power corrupts, conscience is the last line of defense. I'm Miles Taylor. Listen to the whistleblowers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name's Laverne Cox. I'm an actress, producer, fashionista, and host of The Laverne Cox Show. You may remember my award-winning first season. I've been pretty busy, but there's always time to talk to incredible guests about important things. People like me have been screaming for years, we got to watch the Supreme Court. What they're doing is wrong. What they're doing is evil. They will take things away. And I can only hope that Dobbs is that, like, Pearl Harbor moment. Girl, you and I both know what it took to just get through the day in New York City and get home in one piece. And so the fact that we're here and what you've achieved and what I've achieved, you know, that's momentous. It's not just us sitting around complaining about some bills. The only reason that you might think, as Chase said, that we're always miserable is because people are constantly attacking us and we're constantly noticing it. Listen to The Laverne Cox Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share. During Special Prosecutor Andy Wilson's questioning of BCI agent Matthew White, prosecutors showed hundreds of photos of shell casings on the overhead screen. Jurors were seen taking notes and at times sketching doodle drawings during the long and often technical testimony. Were you able, based on your knowledge, your training, your experience, and the work that you had done in this case, examining both the shell casings and the projectiles, were you able to render an opinion as to whether or not any guns listed on that list 
could have been responsible for the, the evidence recovered from the, from the scene. I did. Okay. And could you tell the jury what that opinion was? I felt the most likely candidates for firearms that could have been used were the SKS 7.62 by 39 and the Colt 1911-22 pistol. But based on your review of this, you determined that the SKS 7.62 by 39 and the Colt 1911-22 could be contributors to the guns that were used. It could be the guns that were used in this, this case. Yes, that is, our, that is correct. Matthew White was also asked if any of the shell casings found on the Wagner's property matched any of the cartridge casings collected at the crime scenes. And when you did those comparisons, were you able to a reasonable degree of scientific certainty to reach a conclusion as to whether or not those exhibits that were recovered from Peterson Road were fired from the same firearm that fired the shell casings recovered from scene two and scene three? I was. And can you tell the jury what that opinion was? Based on my microscopic comparison of the two fired 22 long rifle cartridge cases compared to the other fired 22 long rifle cartridge cases, I was able to conclude that all of the fired 22 long rifle cartridge cases had been fired in the same firearm. The defense, however, tried to blunt the testimony linking the Wagner's family's weapons to the murder scenes. The cross-examination lasted less than 10 seconds. Good afternoon, Mr. Wagner. Good afternoon, sir. Good to see you again. You too, sir. Uh, you don't know who fired that weapon? No, sir, I cannot say that. Thank you, Judge. More on that next time. For more information on the case and relevant photos, follow us on Instagram at KT underscore studios. The Piketon Massacre is produced by Stephanie Lidecker, Jeff Shane, Connor Powell, Andrew Arnau, Gabriel Castillo, and me, Courtney Armstrong. Editing and sound design by Jeff Twa. Music by Jared Aston. The Piketon Massacre is a production of iHeartRadio and KT Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. It's Las Vegas, it's the 1990s, and it is time to find a husband. There were four Jewish doctors who were felt to be eligible bachelors. One of them was Bob Berenbaum. On paper, he was perfect, but in reality... This guy's a wacko. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. I would call him, and I would say... I know you killed my sister. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Will Daly. For years, I've been on the road playing shows and seeing America through live music. This summer, I'll hit the stage with season two of Sound of Our Town. Ten cities, 12 episodes, every other Thursday. We explore the live music venues and culture of a new American city with each new episode. Our tour continues into the kind of venues you want to get to when you land in Detroit, Providence, Denver, or Seattle. Listen to Sound of Our Town on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of a man who's fascinated me. His name was Sweet Daddy Grace, and that's a name you don't forget. He was a visionary who built a fortune as a black man during Jim Crow, during the Depression. 
But today, not many people know about him. Erased, sort of wiped out, and I wonder if this was done intentionally. Listen to Sweet Daddy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Sriya. And I'm Aarti. We have spent the last 20 years building and working at some of the largest companies in the world. We worked with some remarkable people. Rob McElhinney. When I see the people of Wrexham, I grew up exactly like them. Check out the Aarti and Sriram show. That is A-A-R-T-H-I and S-R-I-R-A-M show. Listen to the Aarti and Sriram show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What if we told you about a major breakthrough on awesome savings on all-inclusive beach vacays? OMG, this could break the case. Case? I'm talking about CheapCaribbean.com. It's full of hot savings. At CheapCaribbean.com, score an extra $175 off site-wide on vacations of four nights or more now through June 3rd. Swim up bar in Punta Cana or dip your toes in the sand on the shores of Cancun. We gotta take this show on the road. Start at CheapCaribbean.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.